0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Boilers. As always, I'm Connor, joined by Chris. We've got another eventful episode with both football and basketball in action this week and over the weekend, just coming off the heels of the uh, the Virginia Tech-Purdue game in the Charleston Classic. But first and foremost, we'll go back to Saturday, the Purdue Boilermakers dropping a a conference game at home, senior night to Wisconsin in triple overtime, 40-44, and, and that, quite
1: frankly, Purdue showed its lack of depth. Yeah, I think that was evident. I mean, Jacob Jacob Thineman's injury, illness, has been um, a startling um turn of events that shows just how lack of depth really is a factor here I mean you're talking about a guy who goes out that's a former walk on and it's debilitating to your defense and it absolutely has been right
0: well oh, I think it's like, more than debilitating I think it's it's crippling
1: so it just shows you what the margin of error is there on on their on their defensive side and just there's a real lack of experience and talent and that doesn't get fixed overnight um it takes a couple of years. And they've got guys that aren't capable of playing at that level or aren't ready to play at that level. And so, I, you know, it revealed itself. Jonathan Taylor's a great player. Look, I mean, Jonathan Taylor goes for 321 yards against this team. Uh, but there's a lot of reasons why, you know. I mean, Cornell Jones, who has been off and on at times, he goes down with Andrew, bringing Jalen Alexander which is another example of lack of depth, lack of experience. Jalen Alexander is a true freshman. He is not ready to play.
0: No. And, and
1: clearly, clearly was not ready to play against Wisconsin because a lot of times he was at the point of attack and just got destroyed with a block because he's not physically ready to play.
0: Well, and, and the frustrating thing is, is that, like you talked about, Jalen Alexander not physically ready to play, but was still better than Derek Barnes. And Derek, Der- Barnes was, Derek Barnes was never in the right gap,
1: in the right place, the entire game. Uh, the only thing Derek Barnes did consistently against Wisconsin was being uh, out of position.
0: He's a gambler by nature. The way that he plays, he's guessing. And sometimes he knifes in and he makes a five-yard loss. And it looks great. But other times, he's in the wrong gap. And the running back runs where he's supposed to be. You know, and Alexander, the Alexander stuff, is just he's going to need time. You know, If you're a coach, you're pleased with him from the standpoint of he's in the right spot. Now he gets moved out of the way because he's a 19-year-old going up against a 22-year-old. He's just not physically ready, but you can put weight on it. You know, it's hard if you've got linebackers who are not in the right spot. You got guys in the secondary who are struggling to help get their teammates lined up and make tackles and, the defense, like you said, for the second straight week, looked really bad.
1: Yeah, and they got tired. Yes, and they got tired. I mean, they're playing guys that aren't ready to play. And if you know, we get if we're fortunate enough to get to a year three, four, or five of a Jeff Brom era, um, you know, we're not going to be playing true freshmen at linebacker.
0: Not all but it's no.
1: it's it's too we're not unless that's a guy that's gonna play on Sundays and be pretty phenomenal, right? So it's gonna be the rare bird that is a true freshman as an eighteen year old's gonna play a lot of meaningful minutes once the program's established. Still rebuilding the roster and rebuilding the capacity talent wise. So you know, Cornell's injury and I don't I think he bust busted his hand or something, I don't know what he did. Um you know presses a guy into service who's not ready. And then the same thing at the safety. I mean, we're playing Brennan, the yeah. Who he's not a Big Ten Division One safety. It's just no. all there is to it. He's not. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm sure, he works really hard. He's not a Big Ten Division One player. Well, I
0: thought that you saw it. It was really evident in the second half with Antonio Blackman, yeah. Who who was in the right spot by all accounts has worked his tail off to go from a guy who wasn't going to play football at Purdue to walking on to now starting in a big 10 secondary. But Danny Davis, the third just was, I'm a better athlete than you are. Yep, I'm physically better than you are. And there's nothing that you can do besides recruit and the recruiting takes time. You know, there's no magic wand. You're not going to all of a sudden make Antonio Blackman an inch taller and Twenty pounds heavier, stronger, and, and faster. It's just not gonna happen.
1: No, as a fifth year senior, he is who he is and what he has been. And right. You know, I it just it's a young team in certain areas with guys that aren't really ready to play. I mean, even Revere's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Um, you know, what's the statistic that you put out right before we turned on the on the mics was he got he got his second sack of the year or something. Yes. Yeah, he right? got his second sack of the year last night. And I mean, he's we're just your, he's our he's our feature defensive end, right?
0: Yeah, he's your starting defensive end.
1: Right. I mean it's just they're a young team and they just they're gonna need time. I thought they played with quite a bit of heart and fight given all of the physical disparities and, you know, to take them to what, three overtimes? And yeah. have a and have a shot to win it. I mean, there's a lot of fight and a lot of want to in the team. They just need more time in and it, and it's got to get done on the recruiting trail and in the weight room. That's where it's at. They yeah. lost. They lost this game in the recruiting trail and in the weight room.
0: And it's not. And that's not a reflection upon the current staff. But the other thing that I think no, didn't help at all. didn't it didn't help the defense was the offense was scoring quickly. Yeah, they and played often, pretty well, and it was it was not just Rondell Moore. I thought that I was having this conversation with uh, one of my roommates. He was asking me about why don't they attack up the seam with Rondell more often, and and the response to him was, and I and I don't know because I haven't really watched it, but I think that they do. I just think that he takes the safeties with him. And yes. that's why Isaac Zico and Terry Wright are able to get open in those one-on-one
1: situations over the top, and yeah, you're exactly it. you're exactly right. Rondell draws two, and that puts single coverage on those two guys on the outside. And David did a
0: really nice job of finding those guys down the sideline and making plays, mm-hmm. putting it in a position for them for them to catch the ball. And he did that while getting walloped. Um, I think that it was the Pro Football Focus said that. Uh, Shane Evans gave up five quarterback hurries, and I think Eric Swingler gave up two or three. The left side of the line was not able to hold up. Once again, one of those deals where it's a physical thing, right? Physically could not handle the pass rush coming from Wisconsin, and I thought that the offense still was able to produce.
1: The offense was good enough to win a ball game. It really came down to the defense. I, I thought the staff made a nice adjustment in scheme, and I, I hadn't seen them do that until this game. They actually went with both tight ends in the game at the same time and put them on the left side to help Swingler.
0: And, and Evans.
1: And Evans both, you know, on that side of the line. So, yeah. I mean, they basically just – it's a numbers game at that point, right? And, Right, um, because it's a, it's a weakness. I they made adjustments given the limitations of the talent level, and we talked about, you know, the injury to Grant Herman's was going to be a huge thing, and it clearly has been the last two games. I mean, Eric Swinger's really struggled, yes. and the team has struggled. The bigger story here, or the you know whatever the bigger causation of the outcome, is again, it's the lack of depth and lack of, of talent on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, they've done a great job with what they have, but mm-hmm. the, inj- the injuries, the injuries are starting to take a toll and, and, yeah, and, and, and mount up here. And that's, that's why they lost.
0: Well, and it's like we said, it's the previous regime, right? You win nine games in four years, you're not going to recruit well. And the guys work hard. I have no doubt of that, but, you can work hard and still not be physically capable of performing at a high level in Big Ten games, and, and that happened down the stretch of that Wisconsin so, game.
1: I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I want you to give me honest answers. Yep. I'm going to give you a name and you tell me whether this guy would play for Wisconsin. Yeah. Brennan Denim. No. Derek Barnes. No. Antonio Blackman.
0: Nope.
1: Jalen Alexander.
0: Not right now, no.
1: Okay, I'm talking right now, dude. Yeah. Okay?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, Cornell Jones. Yes. Think he would?
0: Yeah, I think physically Cornell is is capable of playing at a high level and has shown
1: that. Giovanni Revere? No. Okay, so there's, I mean, not to pick on these guys, but it's to say they're not ready in many of those cases, right? Right. Or they're not at this level. Yeah. In, in in some of them. I and mean, half the defensive team wouldn't play for the opponent. We're right. outmatched. We're outmatched. You got to yes. fix that in recruiting, and you got to fix it in the weight room. Takes time. Takes time. The fact that they were in this thing to three overtimes and lost by field goal is a credit to the kids, you know, and their desire and their effort and the coaching staff and the, the positions they put them in. I don't think there's any reason to hang your head about this game.
0: No, and and add on top of that the very obvious distraction that it is with the the Jeff Brom to Louisville rumors. And, you know, you've got in the middle of the week, Dan Dockage just spewing stuff left and right. But that – and, you know, coaches try to isolate their players from from that noise, but those guys are walking around on campus getting asked questions by their classmates. You know, they – have access to the internet. They're reading and and seeing the same things that you and I are. And
1: do you think I have, it's a, do you think it's affecting them?
0: I think I I think it would be. I think it depends on what has been told to them, right? Yeah. So uh, Jeff Brom said after the tweet that that Dockage had about that Brom was going to take the Louisville job. He said he had to address it after practice, and I think that was like on Tuesday or Wednesday. And so, depending on what was said there, I think it absolutely affects guys because if if it was said hey i'm I'm leaving or i'm I'm really considering leaving." well now guys are trying to consider their future, especially the younger guys or the guys that could graduate and go elsewhere in a year. You know, I think that there are a lot of factors that can play into it and maybe, Maybe we're totally off base, right? It's our own paranoia getting to us. Maybe Jeff Brom, (laughs) right? Maybe Brom pulled everybody together after practice, said, hey, I'm not going anywhere. I'm looking forward to building this thing up. We're going to hear about that in two weeks, right? He's going to turn down the Louisville job, and everybody's going to be excited for football again. But I think until that happens, we're all going to you know, – I'm as guilty of it as as anybody. I was telling you, I was watching the sideline. I'm like, gosh, those guys – they just have no life. They look like their coach told him that he that he's leaving, but it also could have been that it was thirty three degrees outside, and it was raining at one point. And it's hard to stay excited when you're freezing on the sideline.
1: I saw the body language at at the end of the game after the after the clock ran out or you know the game was over, and there's there's no quid in them. They're clearly playing hard. They're playing to win. I don't yeah. know if it's casting a a cloud over the team or not it's certainly casting a dark cloud over the fandom for whatever that's worth um right. is it affecting the play on the field I, I i don't know i mean i think they lost to wisconsin because wisconsin's bigger stronger faster and athletically superior i mean that's that's fact they are they're <laughs> a better they're a better team they're a better team and the fact that we were even in it i think it says a lot about our Purdue players want to and desire and the in the and how good the staff is. Wisconsin's a better team physically.
0: Yes, they are. And, and moving moving along now, you've got the rivalry game, the Oval Oak and Bucket game in Bloomington with IU. Both teams at five wins and kind of like last year, winner's going to have a chance to, to get the bull berth and I think that will be an exciting game for the Boilermakers, a chance to to clinch back-to-back bull berths and really continue to try to build some forward momentum with the
1: program. Yeah, I think, for to me, the the focus on this one is going to be just put up a ton of points because, yeah, you know, a tough environment to go down there and play. There you've got a little bit of sting left from last year where they were bowl eligible if they'd won and we beat them. Right. Uh, so we're a hostile environment on the road. Our defense has got some challenges still in it and uh I think it just it's just gonna be a street fight in that whoever throws the last punch probably gonna win. So we need to we need to go vertical. We need to take top off their defense and just take shots and try to make some big plays and outscore them.
0: Well I think that if you've watched any amount of, of IU football, you know, anybody out there listening. I can't you, say you
1: know, that I, I can't say that I spent a lot of time watching IU football.
0: Tom Allen's an extremely conservative head coach. He's a defensive guy. He wants to limit risk. They're not going to they're more than likely not going to come out and, and try to score 50. You know, they want to keep it low scoring, keep it close, make it ugly. And if Purdue's offense can can roll kind of like he did against Wisconsin, you know, if they're yeah. able to throw the ball and move the yeah. ball, yeah. I think they'll have a, a real good shot to to knock off IU. I mean, last year the momentum was was Markel Jones running for two hundred plus yards, and
1: yeah, he played up man possessed,
0: right? And, and that could always happen again. Now you haven't seen anything in the running game the last couple of weeks that would that would show that. But then again, you didn't really see anything in the running game leading up to that IU game that would have said differently either last year. So our, I think our that, receiver core is good, bud. I, the offense is much better this year than it was last year. I don't think Absolutely. there's any doubt great.
1: about that. Yeah, receiver core is great. I mean, even even Terry Wright, who I've been critical of, that does more talking than playing at times, has been tell very, you what, the, has been very good. He's been playing the last four weeks. And yeah, Terry yeah. has
0: has stepped up and has been a deep threat. You know, Zico, he, has,
1: he had five catches for ninety nine yards against Wisconsin. Right. I mean he was yeah. he was he was fine. Zico, Zico. Zico's been great.
0: Yes, other than the fumble through the back of the end zone, but then he made a great catch. And I think it was the second overtime period. It was either the second or the first, where that where Blau just on the first play threw it to the end zone, and he was able to to grab it over the head okay. of the corner. I mean, the both those guys have been really, really good out I on think the edge. We, I, I think we chance. need. To,
1: I think we need to go to Bloomington and try to put up thirty five plus. Oh, I agree. And, and I, just, I agree. I mean, our our best defense is going to be great offense because our defense is very limited physically because of the injuries and lack of depth. And we just need to make it a, a sluggers match.
0: I I could not argue we got with a you, lot to play. We got, not, a, we, I...
1: we got a lot to play for, too, by the way. Yes. If we win, yeah, they're bowl eligible. We're bowl eligible. And you
0: end, yeah. in the end, you get the season a chance to – you end the regular season on a positive note after dropping two, in yeah. uh, one in disappointing fashion and one in heartbreaking fashion.
1: Yeah, here's um, what I, I mean. On I we were better than Minnesota and laid an yes. egg. Wisconsin was better than us. They were. They're yes. a better. They're a better team. We didn't lose to an inferior team against Wisconsin. We hung in with a team that I think is considerably better. To be honest with you,
0: right? And they're at least further along in the development of their program.
1: They're better. They're better.
0: Anyway. So, well, yeah, moving from the gridiron to the hardwood, you know, the Boilermakers yeah. down in Charleston, uh, this really over the kind of the extended weekend. Uh, I, don't, I don't really know that at this point there's much reason to talk about the the Appalachian State and the Davison game. Uh, we'll just go ahead and look at the Virginia Tech game. And you and I had kind of been texting back and forth throughout the game, kind of, making our observations and i think we both feel like there were some really good things that we saw but also some things that purdue's gonna have to work on not only getting ready for robert morris on friday but just on the season as a whole
1: i don't feel bad after this virginia tech game do you
0: no i thought that it was a it was an incredibly
1: encouraging loss we're we're a legit top 25 team yes i didn't I didn't know if we were or not. I mean, that ranking
0: doesn't mean anything.
1: That, well, that ranking is because of last season, right? I mean, so I didn't Ask know. Up.
0: Yeah. I didn't yeah. know yeah. Where Ask we're,
1: at. we're Ask Villanova. Villanova. We, we're legit. Yeah, right. They're struggling hardcore. But, I mean, we're a legit top 25 team. Yes. that That's an unbelievably good Virginia Tech team. It really is their quality, man. And and here's yeah. the thing for the listeners: if you want to know what the boilers are going to look like in two to three years on the on the hardwood, it's that
0: Virginia Tech team. You just Tech saw team. it. You just, yeah, saw, you just it. saw
1: it. Oh man, you know, if four guards playing around one big, skilled can get after it defensively and can shoot it, share the ball, play team team offense. I mean, Virginia Tech's the model for what we're going to look like in the next two to three this team mm-hmm. right now is way better than I thought they would be yeah they really are you know am you know, I upset they lost yeah you know I'm disappointed I'm I think it revealed some things that you need to work on from a coaching standpoint and that's positive that's why you play these games early right right man I don't yeah think, well there's nothing to be ashamed of in that game
0: No I mean I thought that you saw for the first time why Purdue was so excited to get Evan Boudreau.
1: Yeah, that after, dude's
0: after, that dude's awesome, man. After he he was going to go to Xavier, Chris Mack decides he's going to Louisville, and he reopens and coach Coach Painter and the staff were able to to pick him up, and he had the first half that they're going to need from him at times where he just shows you why he was the leading scorer at Dartmouth in the Ivy League. Like he he's skilled and he can get buckets.
1: Yeah, he just hustles, man. He does. Yeah, I mean, he just hustles. Even in the second half, and he cooled. I think he would have had 12 or 13 in the first half, right? I think he, he ended up with 18. So, But at the end of the game, you know, he gets two offensive rebounds on a free throw miss. You know, that's just hustle and heart. You know, we talked yeah. about it a couple couple shows ago or whatever podcast. I don't know what we call these things. But the people are going to love him because he is just a stereotypical – Throwback Purdue Boilermaker and man, yeah. folks, folks should have saw that tonight.
0: Well, you know who else is kind of that way too, and he demonstrated it a little bit tonight. It's Sasha Stefanovich
1: Yeah, he is. He remain you know who he reminds me of who Matt Waddell.
0: Real, uh, uh, yeah. Matt Waddell. That, that, okay. that was
1: before you were born, brother.
0: He reminds no,
1: me. I... He reminds me of Matt Waddell a little bit. He really does. He's bigger though. Yeah, I think Waddell's was like 63. Sasha like 65, right? Yeah. 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 He shoots it really well and he's better defensively than what you would think. Mhm. Um there there's a lot here in this game that I think is good. There's a lot of things that they need to work on.
0: I think that the offense when they're patient is lethal and is going to continue to be lethal. Cuz they just they can they can hurt teams in so many different ways this year.
1: So there was a stretch in the first half where they extended the lead to 12 with Carson on the bench. Yeah, And it might have been the the most elegant display of um, unselfish team offense that I've seen in quite a while. They just moved the ball past it, found the open man, and knocked down shots and made plays. And that's what the guy that I I would tell you is probably the best guard in the country sitting sitting on the bench. He
0: – and that best guard in the country was was electric. Uh,
1: he's, I, awesome. My, he's awesome.
0: He's awesome. He's a pro. We were, we were laughing about it here in my house because that first – very first possession, he takes the screen off the left side and he steps back, and I'm – the entire time, I'm going, no, 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 no. Yes, nice job, Carson. As he parries the fadeaway three, you're like, that's a terrible shot, but he hit it.
1: Look, man, when you when you're riding a thoroughbred,
0: you don't <laughs> just you don't go.
1: Pull, you don't pull back on the reins, okay? Oh, no, just shoot. you. You let him go, let him run, and he's going to do stuff that's frustrating and kind of messes up the team flow a little bit. But more often than not, he's going to score twenty six points and have seven assists, which is what he had tonight. Okay, think about and that: it, and- seven assists to go with twenty six points.
0: And he's gonna throw a hammer down on yeah. top
1: of, yeah. of
0: I think it was uh it was Alexander Walker, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which Who, was, who's, who's which,
1: that dude that dude's good. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Much and respect got, to Nikhil Alexander Walker. Man, that dude can he had twenty five and seven boards. Yes. That guy can play, man. He's good. Ahmad Hill, twenty three <laughs> points. You yeah, know, and Nikhil Andy Walker Robinson. and Amon. They played all forty minutes. I don't, did you realize that?
0: I did. Yes, they that <laughs> the, so that's going to be their Ahmad their Hill, Nikhil seals. did they're not. not they, deep.
1: they they didn't come out of the game.
0: No, no, they're not super deep, and that could be no. what ends up getting them. But I thought that you you were spot on with your point about if you want to know what Purdue's going to look like in three years, you saw it tonight.
1: Yeah, so that's that's going to be them. What do we learn out of this loss? You always can teach out of the loss. What do you learn here? What's the takeaways from your standpoint?
0: Oh, well, I think um, first and foremost, the young guys have to get better on their help weak side, help side defense. Both Eric and and Aaron really, really struggled to be in the right spot. Wheeler had some bad positioning at times that allowed him to get into foul trouble just because he was in the wrong spot. Uh Hunter got beat off the dribble, got beat on back cuts. And that's stuff that's all teachable. And the best way for them to learn is to be out there and, and to get into foul trouble and, and to get backdoor cut and give up a layup.
1: I agree with you hundred percent. And I'm wanna I'm wanna reach back to the beginning of the podcast with the football thing. And here's the difference. So, you know, we're both situations what we're talking about defensively, ironically enough. Yeah. is guys that are not um, not ready to play yet. Right. Okay, so Jalen, uh, Alexander, not ready to play on that defense. Um, you know, when we look at Aaron Wheeler and Eric Hunter, I and mean, they're not really ready to play yet. The difference is, is Aaron Wheeler and Eric Hunter Jr. physically can't compete at this level. And they're yes. going to be fine about January – uh, late January, early February, Aaron Wheeler and Eric Hunter are going to be just fine. They got mm-hmm. their first taste tonight of what legit Division One basketball feels and looks like. Cause, yes. Because I'm telling you, those guys at Virginia Tech are, are ballers. And the only thing, yeah. you pointed it out and you're dead on with it. The only thing that really is going to hold back PT is depth. And they're not super deep. And, uh, as long as they can work around that, they'll be fine. But Aaron Wheeler and Eric Hunter had to actually guard legit players tonight. They were, they weren't just bad defensively, but they were atrocious. Yeah, they were awful. They were awful. There's film, don't lie, okay. Yeah, and, <laughs> and they're going to get exposed in film tomorrow. Okay, yep. they were they were bad. They were bad in a lot of ways, but it's all fixable. It's all correctable. It's all teachable. And they have the mm-hmm. physical ability and the physical size to to learn and be fine. They're just that's a young, super young team.
0: So here's here's the interesting thing, and this is the one of the bigger differences between this year's team versus last year's Purdue team. But so Eric Hunter, like you said, is atrocious on defense, right? He was. I hate to say it, he was the, not very good and he's gonna learn from it he's gonna be better for for it but the biggest difference was that he did not have to stay on the floor because they had depth and they could bring sasha in and sasha, sasha was good
1: yeah Sasha he was, was really good he, he you know he was surprisingly defensively he was i've said all along that he can shoot yes and, and he, he, showed sh- it. he showed it tonight knockdown shooter i really like him but he was better defensively than what I thought he might be. I I thought he would struggle with Virginia Tech's athleticism and their quicks. Um he, he was didn't. no, he didn't. He really didn't. He didn't get exposed that bad and he was actually quasi decent on the help side where, you know, a couple of the other guys were awful on the help side. They had us. Yeah. They had us in helping and recover bad at times. Mm-hmm. But all that crap's fixable, man. You can fix all that in film and in practice. It's all Man, that's not panic moment stuff, man.
0: No, I didn't see anything tonight that walking away from that loss that makes me go, oh, man, this team's in trouble.
1: No, we're better than I thought we were. We're, I didn't think think we were a legit top 25 team. After tonight, I'm telling you, yeah, we absolutely are. We're a legit top 25 team.
0: And I think that and you and I are going to go round and round on this, I think, all year because you think you're right, and I know that I'm right. Uh oh! Uh oh! I you are super concerned. Of, you're super concerned about the front court depth with with Harms and,
1: and Bordeaux. Well, I'm and I'm not. a lot less concerned after tonight watching Evan Boudreaux light it up. Yeah, man, he was giving out lessons like old man ball. He's so <laughs> he's so composed, and he's so aware of situations on the floor. He really, well, and is, the thing, man.
0: the th- the thing about it is that not only did he score well, not only did he rebound, but he passed the ball so well. He found the yeah, open guy, and he, he just keeps moving the ball. He and did. that's that's something that they never, ever were ever going to have with Isaac, Haas. Uh, like he was just never going to be able to move the ball like that. If Isaac and Haas was
1: six so ten, he wouldn't have played. Right, because he wasn't that be, he wasn't that skilled.
0: Yeah, we're not going to be, you know, super negative and, and hope no, on the past. Oh, great,
1: great guy, man, great Purdue Boilermaker, changed the culture of the program,
0: right? But, but they're but limited but they're in his versatile. skills.
1: They're sure. more, and way they're, more versatile this year, and it and
0: it showed. And I and you think. You thought it was going to be a bigger issue, and I'm still standing by them. I don't think that you can name more than three or four guys in the Big Ten who are going to cause them an issue on a night-to-night basis. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to argue that. I watched two of them play today because I'm a basketball geek, and I'm telling you, yeah, yeah. Nick Ward Ward is a man, okay? Yeah, and uh, the Jawan Morgan's good, man. Yeah, but Jawan Morgan's a four. I don't he's like. I don't care. Joar Morgan's good. He's very good. We're gonna. And I understand we got our first. We got our first listener question that we're gonna talk about during this this show.
0: That yeah, I, so think, just, I think Joar Morgan will
1: come up. Well, let's talk. Let's finish up with with the guys here on on, okay. the, on the hardwood. Yeah. I mean, right. moving forward, what what do we need to see in emphasis here? What needs to? What do, you know, we're a legit top twenty five team.
0: Pleasant yes. surprise. Well, so I think, I think there's two things, and, and I think I've, I've picked – I got one on offense and one on defense. We'll start with the one on defense, and I think they just have to continue to learn, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's the appropriate word for it is learn. Learn where to be, learn the situations, how where to be on help side, how to go under screens versus over screens, when to switch. It's just – it's a learn. It's going to be a learning process, how to communicate effectively. You know, like – Bordeaux harms, like a lot of the returners, they all are, you know, used to being out there in the chaos when you're playing against a team like Virginia Tech that wants to go quick and they're going to shoot from all over the place. you know the the the, the, no, the new guys have to learn okay. and, and then on offense, they have to be a little bit more patient.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: you know, you talked about with the thoroughbred and Carson, yeah, know, I'm not there's not a shot that Carson can take that is a bad one. If he can get it off, it's a good shot because he's just that type of player. But he does do some things that mess the flow of the offense up when he comes down and he shoots eight seconds into the shot clock.
1: Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on either one. You know, Coach Painter and his staff are as good at teachers of this game as there is in the game, period. Certainly in the Big yeah. Ten. I mean, there's, I mean, I'd beeline and the guys at Michigan are really unbelievably good at it. And I think, I think, yes. that, I think the guy at Ohio state actually is a really good teacher of the game, which will be a nice, change, oh, yeah. Hol- nice, nice change of pace, nice change of pace for them in Columbus. Um, but I think those guys teach the game really well. I have no doubt that they can teach defensively what needs to be done. And then, yeah, offensively. Yeah. I think that's a part of it, but, he goes back to that old cliche about I'd rather, I'd rather teach a Rottweiler to sit than a, you know, poodle to hunt. Um, right. So you got to let Carson be Carson because he makes your whole team better.
0: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. And I think one thing that we kind of glossed over that is a super important takeaway from tonight was that they were able to function offensively with Carson off the floor.
1: I'm telling you that period where they ran the lead to twelve in the first half with him on the bench was a glimpse of what they can be offensively when they move the ball and they're unselfish.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't disagree with you. I thought yeah. that and, and that's gonna be important because there are gonna be nights where Carson gets in foul trouble or, you know, something happens and they have to find a way to score outside of Carson and
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. The the ability to move the ball and they're just so balanced and and even the young guys, even though they struggled defensively, like you know, Wheeler's able to hit a three. Stefanovic hits a couple threes. You know, Bordeaux's obviously really efficient and effective.
1: Grady was a, Grady sure. was efficient in
0: the first half. Grady Grady did exactly what he needed to do on offense, which was be open and knock down shots when he was, and be an eight, opportunistic scorer.
1: Eight points and seven boards on the night from Grady. That's a fantastic output. We'll take it. And
0: Nozel didn't try to do too much on offense. He was played within himself, you know. And so, if those guys are able to do that, then He's, I think that this team's in great shape.
1: Nozel's done a nice job in the last week and a half of uh, really embracing his role, which is the defensive shutdown guy, and yes. then uh, rebound out of the guard spot and and make some hustle plays. You know, there were big sections tonight where. They took the ball out of Nogel's hand, mm-hmm. and, he, and he really played off the ball, and that's really he's really good there. Nojel, he yeah. turns a huge part of the puzzle here. So, a lot he- to feel good, a lot to feel good about. It's a two-year project with these kids. They're young, yes. they're incredibly talented, they're way better than I thought that they were. They are they yeah. they're a legit top twenty-five team, and I did not think that before this tournament in Charlotte. Or uh, in Charleston, I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't know. I didn't think that they were. They are. They absolutely are. They just played neck and neck with a really talented Virginia Tech team. The announcers kept saying it, and I don't disagree with them. It looked like a sweet uh, an Elite Eight-type contest.
0: Oh, yeah, it absolutely had yeah. that, that feel. Had that
1: feel. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's get to our listener question. Yeah, uh, one of our one of our yeah, multiple so, listeners has a question that we're going to talk about. I guess.
0: So uh, we before we get there, got a couple things to announce. We are going to start taking questions for for each episode. Uh, we have a Twitter account, uh, Monday Morning Boilers at MMB or mm Boilers. Uh, the both M's and the B and Boilers are all capitalized. And then also we have an email. Uh, if you'd rather send us an email, it's uh, at mondaymorningboilers at com, And I believe that we also have a Facebook, too. You're handling the Facebook. Facebook's
1: for our senior that. citizen crowd because everybody knows that uh, the dating app that started at Harvard now is for uh, grandparents to trade pictures of their grandchildren and talk about what medications and ask on. questions
0: <laughs> And ask questions. And ask questions about Purdue football and basketball. Right. So it's Monday so morning. Monday question, morning
1: boilers is the Facebook page.
0: Be sure to go like it and uh we're gonna share our content on there and, and try. We wanna we wanna get as much fan engagement as possible because you know, we appreciate everybody who's listening and we want you to feel like you get to be a part of the conversation. All right. So if you send in a question and it's a good one, you you might make it on the show, just like our buddy Will in South Bend, who uh this was before the, the Arkansas game had sensed the question, assess IU's thrashing of Marquette and how you expect the Boilers to match up with their arch rival this year. Now, like I said, that was before they went on the road and dropped one in uh pig sui town. Yeah. Uh, they're against the, the Razorbacks. But I'll let you go ahead and, and kind of lay down what you th- – felt like you've seen so far from the Hoosiers?
1: Uh, they got four guys out with injury that would be contributors for them. And so yeah. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, which IU team are we going to see in January? I think, and our, our, our you know folks out there in the podcast link and check, I think we played them January 19th. And I believe it's at home. And then I think we played them the second time on the road at their place. Exactly one month later on February 19th. So, I, I don't know. It depends on who of those four guys are back. Because right now, uh, they got two guys that can do something for them. And that's Ro- Romeo Langford, who, mm-hmm. who has come with great fanfare and advanced billing. And then, you know, Jawan Morgan. Uh, the other guys on that team aren't going to beat you by themselves. They're not that good yet. Um, they're kind of a Virginia tech light. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, they don't shoot it as well as Virginia Tech. They're deeper than Virginia Tech. They're young. They're not very good defensively yet. Uh, I think they will be. I, I think Coach Miller's a really good coach. Yeah. They're just they're young and they're inexperienced and and they're hurt. You know, so it's hard to say what they're going to be.
0: Yeah, I think that for them. kind of like Purdue this non-conference is a is a great learning experiment especially because you know take take Romeo Langford out of the equation because we know all like you said the fanfare and the the hype that has come with him but you look at look at the other guys in that recruiting class you know you look at Jerome Hunter who just had foot surgery and he's done for I, I don't know if he's done for the year but he's certainly going to be I, out for a good portion I of I believe
1: it. they announced that he is done for the year is it done for I the year i believe that's what they announced i think yeah okay. i think he's so, out man we'll
0: operate on that right so he's going to
1: he's going to have to redshirt uh rob
0: finnessy who was a McCutcheon guy over in in lafayette has has settled in at that that point guard position for him uh, Demezi anderson out of south bend riley is a could potentially be a proficient wing scorer especially in that second unit coming off the bench and and they also have a, a good mixture of young guy, or returning guys Juwan Morgan, uh, Duron Davis comes back from his Achilles injury uh was it Al Tariq Durham or something like that number 1 I don't I don't have the roster yeah, up Dur- in front of Durham.
1: me Durham Durham and he's Durham. yeah Durham's a quality player
0: yeah uh, you know, and so those guys are all learning from year one and then trying to step into leadership positions, obviously Juan Morgan's a good player. I think another guy that is gonna end up being a really good player, especially as we get into big ten play is gonna be evan fitzner the the transfer from Saint Mary's. Mm. you know, I think that he's a good player he's okay. well he give me mean, you got six eleven guy who can stretch the floor. I guess 6'10", he's officially listed as. Yeah, he's okay. And he, he's okay. Al Jumaane, uh Durham. Yeah, Durham's... Uh, apologies to him. I want to make sure we get his name he's right. He's a
1: quality player. He really is. Uh-huh. I like him. I like Demasi, too. Demasi's a good player as well. Um yes. But I don't think they're guys that are going to beat you by themselves or any, by any stretch. Um, no. Rome- Romeo's pretty that- good. I don't think he's as good as what you know, IU nation would build him out to be. He's not the second coming of Jordan or something, um, right? He's well, good. I thought he's, that Arkansas, he's good. He's good. Yeah, he's really good.
0: I thought, I thought Arkansas did a nice job against him, in showing that you know there are a lot of six six. Guys who play in Division One basketball, yeah. So that's
1: that's the interesting thing about Romeo Langford. That I guess I'm, I'm going to declare my ignorance for all the world. I didn't realize that he wasn't any bigger than that. Yeah, which seems weird to say six six dudes not big, but he's not. Right, he's really not that big. I didn't realize. I thought he was like six eight or six nine. He's not. He's he's actually no, he's six. Yeah, he's kind of a small guy, man.
0: And, and he did have ten rebounds today and five assists to go along with it. So he was you know, he was making an impact outside of scoring.
1: Yeah, he's a good player. But he's a good player. I he's not an NBA ready guy right now by any stretch. No, not yet. No, not yet. No. So I, I like our chances against them. It depends on which them it's going to be, Will mm-hmm. um in South Bend. I, I it's too early to tell. Uh let's get closer to January nineteen, to find out who they got rolling with them. Uh, the team I saw play against Arkansas today does not scare me. No, no, but no.
0: then, but you're also talking about a team that did dismantle Marquette at home, and once again, you kind of go back to the is the the little number at the next to the name this early in the season. What's that really mean? Maybe Marquette's not as good as people thought they would be, but still, you beat a, you beat a top five, or you beat a power five program that badly. That's you know you're not chopped liver you know well, I'm not I'm not the, saying they're bad no I'm not and I'm not saying you are but I think well, I, you're think, I think I they're
1: right. in the top I think they're top five team in the big ten
0: and that's saying something because the big ten's off to a blistering yeah start.
1: dude Michigan's good oh my gosh yes oh. how
0: did they get it how did they get another six, ten? Dude from across the pond. He's not, who can shoot he's not
1: six six seven, but Iggy okay. Iggy can play. Iggy. That dude, that dude's good. Wow, he's good.
0: Wearing the same number as Wagner, well,
1: thirteen. He's good. I think he had twenty. Yes. I think he twenty today. Um, yeah,
0: he's good. Uh, Pool and Livers both took a step in the off season, which isn't shocking. Right. You know, if you're if you're somebody who watched a lot, Xavier, of games in Xavier Simpson's
1: quality. Michigan's a great team, man. Yes. Yes, Very they are a great team. Fine lands. They are good. But I, you know, back to you, I think they're a top five team in the conference. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Um, I would have told you prior to this weekend that I thought we were kind of middle of the pack. Uh, I think we might be. Able, I don't know I, if I, that's we might, the case. I think we might be a little bit better now. I think so too. Yeah. I, and, yeah. I, and,
0: and we're only going to get better as the younger guys get more comfortable and they are the game starts to slow down for them. I
1: agree i think it's going to be i've said it 100 times already on this podcast i think they're going to be really fun to watch over the next two seasons and watch the development i think it's going to be really cool yes.
0: i agree with you um
1: for the robert morris game
0: kind of the one thing that i'm really looking at and i've i've been talking to you about this in private but i'm prepared to now go ahead and 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 make it a public watch out statement now. here on the podcast watch out now I think Eric Hunter's got to look for his, his offense a little bit more. Yeah. And he's got a good opportunity against Robert Morris because they're going to need him. They, they could have used him tonight. They could have used a second ball-creating score off the dribble tonight. Now, it may not have been the difference in the game, but he would have given Carson a little bit of extra relief, and it could have helped the offense, especially when, when Carson's off the floor.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he – he is really good at attacking the rim, yes. And he has not shown that, and I think it's because he's trying to fit in, and he's unsure of himself. Um, he just needs to be him on offense, and then he really needs to focus on his defense.
0: Really we we need
1: him to be to be that attacking guard in the screen and roll game, and in the open sure. floor. Uh, come January. We're going to need it. We're going to need that depth.
0: And that's why I think he needs to have a game, especially against somebody like Robert Morris, where he goes and gets 15.
1: Yeah, it's a get held again.
0: Yeah, right. Like he doesn't have to, he doesn't need to explode for 20, but if he can get 12 or 15, kind of find himself confidence wise, and like you said, he's trying to fit in. He's trying to figure out where he fits within the, the framework and the fabric of the, the offense and of the team. In so general.
1: I'm going to tell you the same thing was true for Aaron Wheeler, who um, at yes. times on the floor looks like a six, nine guy that used to be six, one, um, right. Cause he was right. Like yes. he really doesn't know what he's doing. where his game is at. And yeah, what we need him to do is to utilize that length and that athleticism in or around the rim. And he tends to not – I don't know if he's allergic to paint or what, but he needs to – <laughs> He might be. Yeah, he needs to get inside and use that link in that in the springs to get in there and get some offensive rebounds and some putbacks and quit hanging out at the three-point line. and
0: you he know, needs any, to be a
1: Anytime he puts a ball on the freaking deck and tries to go to the rim, it's not going to be good.
0: No, and he and and he definitely needs to stop shooting the two dribble pull up. Cause, yeah, I don't think that's
1: really yeah. what we're looking for from him.
0: It's not his not his game. No. He needs to shoot spot up threes yep. and, like you said, hang around the hey, rim he, and, and be an. Apple. He's
1: actually pretty good with the spot up three. You saw him hit one in the corner tonight, and
0: yeah, yeah, he's a he's good, good when his
1: feet are set. He's yes. not going to probably do the pull up
0: he's not going to be uh, Carson Edwards shooting so, off over two uh, guys. No, no.
1: Uh, so between, okay. between you don't need him to be. No. no, between now and January, we need those two guys to kind of get some things figured out because we need them. Yes. E- Evan Boudreaux is better than I thought he would be. he has got a ton of, heart. I, that guy's got a ton of heart and a ton of want to, and uh, his yes. game's translating from the Ivy league to the big Ten, And, just to fine. the top twenty-five pretty well. Yeah, he showed that tonight. He's, I, I, he, I got to give him credit. He's a little bit more capable than I thought he would be.
0: I think that the for, I think the term for the team right now is ahead of schedule.
1: Oh, way, way ahead. Months, months, mm-hmm. much better than yep. I thought they would be. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I'm, you know, if I were a uh, uh, Jim Cramer on uh, MSNBC talking about buy or sell on stocks, this is a heavy buy recommendation on the boilers Buy stock. They're better than I thought
0: Buy stock in the boilers Buy stock in Monday morning boilers. Be sure to get us your, uh, your questions. Best ones are going to get on air. That's going to do it for t- this week's episode. Everybody have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're traveling, be safe, be on the lookout for another podcast. Uh, next week, we've got a, The bowl game, or we've got a potential bowl game situation. Got the bucket. You're going to have some basketball as well. You know, everybody have a wonderful week and weekend and holiday. And of
1: course, boiler up and hammer down.